Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. We are continuing the series, The Old Nature versus the New. And tonight we're going to finish up. Last week uh, we started the conflict, and we're going to finish that up tonight, and then we're going to go into the command. We know that the old man is what? What is the old man? Right. And he's what? He's been what? He was nailed to what? And so he's what? He's dead. Thank you, Pastor Robin. Thank you. The old man is dead. That's important for us to know. All right? The old man is dead, and he was nailed to the cross. Mm-hmm. Having believed on Christ as Savior and Lord, I am now justified. I am justified just as though I never sinned because Christ's righteousness was imputed to my account. And so when I am in Christ, I am, as a result of being in him and what he's done on the cross, I am now righteous. And so in order to help us to remember that, because it is so important for us as believers to understand that we are now righteous, not in and of our own selves, but it was because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so just think of this. This paper, piece of paper, represents, it will make it personal represents you, represents me. And so when, because I am now in Christ, because I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I am now in Christ. And so when God looks at me, who does he see? Christ. I am now in him, and when God looks at me, he sees Christ. And so I challenge you, encourage you to either put something in your Bible that will cause you to remember that you are now in Christ, whether it's a piece of uh, a picture or whatever. So that when you see it, you come to understand, and I will come to undeny understand, that I am now in Christ. That's why when we get caught up in allowing our past to influence who we are now in Christ, our theology is wrong. Because that's not what God says. So my theology is wrong, and I am biblically in error. 
Because being in Christ, my sins are now wiped away. Christ nailed them on the cross. And so when we look at it and we think about, um, what is it, Romans 8, that says, therefore there is now no what? For those who are where? Exactly. Condemnation, the literal translation is punishment. And so because I am now in Christ, I am no longer, I'm not going to receive the punishment that initially was due me because I was a sinner and not in Christ. And so as a believer, I must now make up in my mind that I am going to agree with God. I have to make that up in my mind that I am going to agree with God. And so I have to now, as I begin to agree with him, and understanding that I am now a regenerate person, I am now born again, my position of sanctification is that I am changed. I am already changed. And progressive sanctification says that this is now going to be a daily walk that I have to take of growing in God to be more like Christ. And so what progressive sanctification says It's how we make real in our daily experience what is already true about us. That's important. It is what is already true about me. My reality now is that I am righteous. And I keep reiterating that because I really believe that oftentimes we continue our issues and our troubles and our problems are a direct result of the fact that we are not in agreement with who God says that we are. And Amos 3.3 tells us, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? And so if we want to do great things in God, that means that I must now agree with who he says that I am. And so what we learned last week was that the conflict, um, since the old man is now dead, then the question is, then where is the conflict? Who am I contending with? Who am I fighting with? And there were three things. What? Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. And the devil, that's right. The flesh, the world, and the devil. And the flesh, it's familiar, as I said last week, it's familiar with what used to get us through and get us by. It is our desires. And then the world, what the world does is that it will take our desires if they are not in line with God 
The world will take our desires because what it does is it tries to get us to begin to, to apply us with its traditions and its principles. So what the world will do then is take the, our desires that are not in line with God's will and who he says that we are now, and it'll begin to blow on them. Because what the world tries to do is try to inflame the desire and will begin to and see if there's just a little spark of something And then what the devil does, because he's the false seducer, and he will begin now to compound that and begin to try to undermine all that we are in Christ. That's what he does. They work in tandem. They work together. But all three of them have one purpose in common. Do you remember what we said that was last week? That's right. That's right, Minister Wendy. To steal our identity. To steal who we are in God. Because when you, rent, when you take or try to take from someone um, who they are, and someone or something is successful at that, what it does is it renders the person unproductive and ineffective. And that's why some of us aren't producing now. There is so much in us as God has called us out of darkness and into light. And he has a work for every last one of us to do. But see, what the enemy has done is he's tried to steal the flesh, the world, and the devil. He's tried to steal who you are. And we have to come to the place in this walk, in this new life, where we say no more where we say no more, no more. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, because we now have a new identity, and we have a new life in Christ. And so as a result of us having this new identity, what Romans 6 helped us to understand is what is expected of us in this new life. Because there is something, we don't have to and didn't have to work for our salvation, but there is something as a result of this great salvation that we have, there are some things then that we are going to need to know. And that's Romans chapter 6, and let me find it. The first thing we have to know 
in this new life is to know that salvation expects of us a new way of thinking. That salvation expects of us a new way of thinking. That's Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to start at verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he's talking to the Christians in Rome. And he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized in his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. We died. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. And so we must know that salvation expects of us a new way of thinking. Major things happened when we got saved. And we see it in those verses where we died, we were buried, we were baptized. A whole lot of stuff was going on. But in order for us to experience this new life, we have to know about it. What must we know? We have to know that we are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. As a believer, we are now able to not sin. We are now able to not sin. Number two, what else must we know? What else must we know what is expected of us in order to experience this new life? Number two is reckon. It's reckon. Salvation expects of us a new choice. Salvation expects of us a new choice. Verse 11 says, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. We are now responsible to build our lives on new facts. On new facts. Reckon means to live on the basis of truth rather than how we feel. So when I wake up in the morning, it's not whether I feel saved or not. 
because some mourners you might not feel so saved especially after you know we done said this and said that and done this and done that but our reality is that we are and so I must come to understand that in this great salvation of mine I have to now choose I have to now choose and make a whole nother choice than what I've been doing and what I did prior to my regeneration. So we are now responsible to build our lives on new facts. I have to now make a new choice that the old now is dead. Number three, experiencing the new life, I need to know that I must fight. I need to know that I must fight. Because salvation expects of us to fight a new battle. This is a whole new battle that we're in as believers. Let's look at verse 12 in Romans 6. I'm going to read 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but prevent, excuse me, present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So this is a new battle that I'm in. But what I have to understand is I am not to allow sin to rule over me. It's, it's what's known as a, a present imperative. And an imperative is a command. And so literally what that it means is to stop. To stop allowing the sin nature, which is dead, to rule over me. If something is dead, let's, let, I mean, let's just think about that for a minute. Because if something is dead, but I'm still allowing it to have an effect on me, yes, it is, Minister Ron. It, it really don't, I'll say it a little nicer, it really don't make a whole lot of sense. Because then I have to ask myself, then what am I holding on to that's so much more important? What is more important than life? So if I'm loving death, something else is going on there. Who do you think then, who do you think is at the bottom of that? Huh? Hello? So I have to fight. Because remember, his job is to undermine everything. Uh, everything that is associated with Christ. He's angry. And he's mad at us. 
because of who now we are declaring to be Lord and Savior. Because remember, we once were his. And Christ going to come in and you going to take what's mine? So he's angry. And we keep playing around with him. He's angry. Or he's a defeated foe. And he knows that. He knows that. And so our bodies have natural desires. Has natural desires. But sin has just twisted it all up. Just twisted it up. And so let's move on to number four. Number four, in experiencing a new life, I have to present. I have to present. Salvation gives us a new master and expects us to join a new slavery, meaning that we were at one time slaves to sin. But now we are slaves to righteousness. And now we have, as I just said, we have a new master. We have a new master. That's verses 15 through 23. We're not going to read that. But we have a new master. And so this Christian life, in this Christian life, We are a presentation of ourselves to God in this life. We are a presentation. Our lives are a presentation um, to, to God. And so we present ourselves to God in coming to know who we are. So we present ourselves to him knowing who we are of being secure in that now we are slaves to righteousness. We now have a different type of fruit. A different type of fruit. Galatians talks about how we have love, joy, peace, patience, and a whole bunch of, of, that's the type of fruit we have now. And so we present ourselves to God by coming to know who we are. We present ourselves to God by reckoning on what we have. Means, it means that we live based on and consciously aware of our victory over sin. That's where the reckoning is. That we have victory over sin. Whatever it is that you're contending with, some type of habit, some type of addiction, some type of something, as difficult as it is and as hard as it may be to even think that you can overcome this, you can. 
because that's your reality in God, that you are victorious over that thing that is trying to hold on to you. You are victorious over it. Do you have to probably walk out the process of, of healing and all of that that's associated with recovery? Probably so. Some of us have the type of testimony that we can say as soon as we got saved, that taste for that thing, I didn't want it anymore. Some of us, it happened like that, but some of us, it didn't. Yes, nevertheless, <laughs> we are victorious. So be hopeful today. Be hopeful today. Be hopeful today. Be hopeful today. We also present ourselves by taking up arms to fight. We fight to keep sin from taking over our bodies. That's the fight. Because Satan is constantly trying to get in and take over our lives. Constantly. But our responsibility is to fight his temptation. And we can through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I think sometimes we don't understand the power that's on the inside of us. The power that's on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in union. On the inside of me. But that's what the enemy doesn't want us to really realize. Because then we will be able to speak to some things. Remember, he's after our identity. The more we don't know, the more excited he gets. Because see, that's why he don't want us in Bible study. That's why he wants us to get caught up in the cares of this world so we don't come out to Sunday morning service. He wants us to get caught up to the point so we won't uh, want to fellowship with believers that we now, we still enjoy fellowshipping with in darkness with those in darkness. I'm not saying that we can't, uh, we need to be there to minister the gospel, but if you know you at a place where you are the one influenced versus you being the influencer, you need to stay out of there until you're ready. Or you take another stronger believer on down there with you. Or you get beat up okay so in all of that in all of that of what we need to know and to know what is expected of us in this new life 
then what are the implications? Because we know what, we, what is expected of us is that we know, that we reckon, that we fight, and that we present. So what are the implications to that? The implications are this. By knowing the truth, I will know who I am. By knowing the truth, I will know who I am. By building my life on truth, I will grow. If you are not growing, you have to ask yourself and be honest with yourself, is it because I am not allowing truth into my life? Because truth will cause us to grow. So if I'm not growing, if I'm feeling stuck, then ask yourself, am I allowing truth to infiltrate my life? A lot of our depression is the type of depression that we don't need to go see no doctor about. We need to get into this word. And we need to take truth into our lives. Last implication. By understanding that I am free from sin, I can live as a free person and not a condemned one. I can live as a free person and not as a condemned one. Those are the implications. So application because it is important that when we hear truth, we understand truth, that now I have to begin to apply truth to my life. And so as an application exercise, and this is for you in private, whether you want to or not, it's going to be up to you. And so the application is, what are we going to do? And so based on Romans 6, I will do what because of knowing what? I will do what because of knowing what? Based on Romans 6. I will do what? Because of knowing what? Based on Romans 6. Now we're going to transition into the command. We'll transition into the command. And I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So this is the command, and I'm going to read uh, 17, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. It reads, This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their thinking, of, excuse me, of their mind. 
being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, excuse me, in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And so what we are now commanded to do, because we know that there is a conflict, the flesh, the world, and the devil, and what we have been commanded to do is to put off and put on. Put off and put on. Put off and put on. This side say put off. Uh-huh, say it louder. Put off. The middle say put on. Put off. Put off. Put on. Put off. So put off and put on. To put off is the idea of um, stripping off or laying aside old clothes. That's put off. It's the idea of stripping off and laying aside an old set of clothes. And put on is the idea of dressing in new clothes. So our new clothes, as a believer, is the new alive that we are in Christ. That is what's been put on us. And so the old nature in that passage, I did a contrast. And the contrast is of the old self or the old man, the old nature, is in Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. And the old nature, that passage says, walked in the futility of their thinking. Their understanding was darkened. They were separated and alienated from the life of God. Their hearts were hard. They gave themselves over to sensuality. Now, that was the old man, and that's where we were before we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so walk in the fertility of their thinking, meaning that they were empty and purposeless. Because until we come to have a relationship with the creator, there is emptiness. There is no eternal purpose. And so in uh, the new nature we'll see is totally different. Now this is us who have believed. We've been made, a new, made new in the attitude of our minds. Our minds are no longer darkened. 
no longer separated or alienated from God. Our hearts are no longer hardened and impure. And so when you think, when you look at this over here, remember we talked last week about positional sanctification, if you were here, and progressive sanctification. Does anyone remember what the positional sanctification, what does positional sanctification say? Yeah, huh? good, yep. Exactly, it's our status, it, meaning that we have, we've already been changed. And so that is our position, that we have already been changed. So once we have been changed, then now progressive sanctification, saying now I have to walk this out. It's a progression that takes place. So I now have to walk this out. I now have to begin to grow in this walk. And how many of us know that growth depends on change? Our growth depends on change. And so there are three steps, three steps. And we see the first one in verse 22 of Ephesians 4, and I'll read it. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. So now in this new life, I have to put off the old patterns. I have to put them off. We are now walking no longer as we walked when we were unsaved. We're no longer walking in that direction. We are to put off walking as we did when we are, were not saved. And that's actually in verse 17. Because Paul addresses, um, he says in verse 20, he says, you did not come to know Christ in this way. And he says, and then, it's the, then it's, well, in what way is that? And so you did not come to know Christ in such a way that we should then continue living like the old regenerate person. We did not come to know him in that way. And so now we have to make up in our minds to walk differently. To walk differently. And so it also says in the, um, and I'm going to go back to the new nature. It says that, um, that we were made new in the attitude of our minds. And so that is... What, what would that be? Would that be positional or would that be progressive? Would that be positional or would that be progressive? Right. Some, who said it? Positional. Uh-huh. Because we were made new in our minds, in the attitude of our minds through Christ. And so that's positional. But I want you to think about a scripture that talks about our mind and if you think about it 
it's a progression. Can you think about a passage? Uh-huh, somebody said, who, who said it? Romans what? Uh-huh, Romans 12 what? Exactly. And Romans 12, 2 says what? Say it loud. Mm -hmm. Transformed, right, by the renewing of your what? Exactly. That is a progression. And so we are transformed. The attitude of our mind was changed positionally because we are not no longer thinking as people who are purposeless because of what Christ has done. He's given us purpose. And so now Romans 12, 2 is a progression, though, because Romans 12, 2 says it's something that now we have to do, that we now are responsible for. And that's for re not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds on a daily basis. Because the idea of renewing in Romans 12, it's the word is literally a renovation. And so on a daily basis, because um, some months ago, the house across the street from us was being renovated. And they brought in this huge receptacle. And they gutted that house out. And all of the old stuff they threw in that trash receptacle because they were trying to get out the old stuff in order to replace it with the new stuff. The old stuff and the new stuff could not coexist. And so on a daily basis, as I walk this walk, I have to renovate my mind that all of the old stuff has now got to go because it cannot exist with the new. And that's a decision that I have to make on a daily basis. We're also to put off and we're to put off that former way of living. That former way of living, that's what we're putting off. And it refers to those, um, as I mentioned earlier, those habits. And those things that still try to follow us around. I have to put those things off. And I have to speak to them and say, you no longer live here. You no longer live here. As long as we continue to play with it, it will master us. So I have to make the decision to put off that former way of living. Turn to um, Colossians 3, 1 through 11, and we're almost finished. Colossians 3, 
And I'm going to start at verse 5. In case we have forgotten some things. It says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amount to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Those are the things, those, that was our former way of living. Former way of living. But now we are experiencing a new life. It was our former way of living. So then, minister, what if I find myself committing one of these acts? Now that I have believed, repent. Repent and turn and walk in your new identity. Because what it is declaring in your life and in my life is that we have not accepted our new identity. If we still continue to live that type of life. Repent. Turn. Go back in the direction that you started out in when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know some of us, when we got saved, that we were in a whole lot of stuff that we ended up having to go back to. Does it mean that you're still not saved? Of course not. But it's time to make some different choices. Because if you're in a household where they smoking dope all night long, and you trying to get out of that, but you still talking about you can't leave because of this and because of that, then you don't want to leave bad enough. Because if you trusting and believing in God, God's going to make a way. God is going to make a way. He will. He will. If you down there laying up with somebody, and now you say, but you talking about now, but we live together. We got bank accounts together. We got a car together. If you really want to leave, 
If you really want to leave behind that former way of living, God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way. He will. If you want to leave that life behind, then what are the implications? What are the implications? And we'll look at it from this, this perspective. So Sam has a potty mouth. He curses like a sailor. He uses his words to tear people apart. We tell him, put it off. We tell him, stop doing it. I don't know why we are gotten to the point, place now, where we are afraid to tell somebody to stop doing it. Just stop. It's a different thing if we're talking to an unregenerate person. But when we're talking with somebody who is regenerate and who is now saved, even though we know it might be a process for them, we still can tell them, stop doing it. To put it off. So consequently, he still has a tongue. And so, but the choice is his. He can either use his tongue in God honoring ways, or he will slowly revert back to his former way of living. So the choice is his. It's his, it's yours, it's mine. We have to choose. And we have to choose this day. Who are we going to serve? Who are we going to serve? We can't have two masters. We got to make a choice. Can't have two masters. And so application. What are we going to do based on what we've heard? What are we going to do? So based on Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, based on what I now know, I will put off what? That's between you and God. I'm going to put off what? And remember, it's taking off them old clothes. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.